Welcome to the Blueprint for Better Business podcast, hosted by me, Charles Wookie. 11 years ago, I co-founded the charity, A Blueprint for Better Business, with the aim of helping create a better society through better business. I ran it for 10 years, working mostly with leaders of large companies who, for their own reasons, have sought to transform their businesses to become purpose-led. In this series, we're speaking to some of these leaders and change makers and explore the realities of creating purpose-led businesses. This is always both a personal and organizational challenge. So the conversations explore both the personal motivation of these leaders, as well as what they've done and learned in their leadership roles. In different ways, they're all pioneers of a way of thinking and acting, which releases the latent potential of people and puts business at the service of creating a better world. But the stories are always personal and different. My successor, Sarah Gillard, and I have found them all inspiring, and we hope you do too. If you enjoy this podcast, please take the time to leave a review. It helps others to find it. Thank you. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking to Dame Alison Rose. In 2019, Alison became Chief Executive of NatWest Group, the first woman to lead a major UK lender. And prior to that, she led government investigations into the representation of women in business, a report known as the Rose Report. I wanted to talk to Alison because she has committed NatWest Group as a bank to becoming a purpose-led business and has done that through her leadership as CEO and has used Blueprint's thinking in the process as she takes the bank on this journey. Alison, thank you so much. And first of all, many, many congratulations on becoming a dame. How does it feel to be a dame? Uh, very surreal, but thank you very much. Yeah, but it's a, it's a huge privilege. Well, it's, uh, I must say, given all that you've done at the group and also your work with female entrepreneurship, which I know was one of the things that was mentioned in the, in the citation, it's really great to see that being recognised and, you know, the bank generally too. So what I'd like to do, Alison, is to explore both a little bit about you as a person and why you've done what you've done and what really motivates you to do that. And then think a bit about your work at NatWest and the journey that you're on leading a, a purpose-led bank and why you've done that. Because as you know, in kind of blueprints thinking, it's always both a personal and an organizational challenge and these things go together. So so I'd like to start, if I may, with a pretty simple question, really. Why do you do what you do? Well, great question. Well, I, I started out in banking, really, not so much because I wanted to be a banker, but for what a career could offer me. So I wanted, you know, and I think certainly when you when you start out, nobody really knows what you want to do. You, do, you learn as you go. Um, I wanted something that was intellectually stimulating, that was fast paced, that would give me the opportunity to constantly learn and develop. And I think that's been true of my career right the way through I'm probably learning more now than I did when I when when I started and so that that was really how I got into banking and then I think now doing what I do as the CEO of the organization it's the opportunity to put the bank on on a path which will drive long-term value I think one of the advantages of having a career like mine is you can see the impact you have on people's lives and the broader impact that you can have and so the chance for me to be CEO was then to actually set the strategy define the impact and create long-term value and I think these roles are ones that offer you stewardship of an organization to then pass on to the next person Um, and so it's about developing 
talent, it's about developing the business, it's about making a contribution broader, you know, that these big companies can do. Mm-hmm. And unusually, actually, in terms of your own career, if one looks at the chief executives of any other large organisations, you started as a graduate trainee in the bank that you're now the CEO of. Yeah. Actually, then with the same name that it now has reacquired. Yeah. So, it's I mean, unusual. <laughs> so you've been there right through uh, the vicissitudes of the bank's history over that period of time. So, Alison, what gives you most joy in what you do now? What are the things you really look forward to in the diary? Oh, gosh. Um, the, the things I always look forward to are time spent with customers and time spent with colleagues. I mean, that's sort of overly simplistic, but the great joy is the impact that you can have. And gosh, spending time with entrepreneurs, they're the most inspiring people you could, you know, you could come across. So, you know, spending time with people who are building businesses, making a contribution, meeting with customers and colleagues, our graduates, our apprentices, or going into schools and talking about, you know, careers and anything to do with essentially people and business and how I can help and learning firsthand what's going on is the things that give me great joy. And when I have weeks where maybe I'm doing less fun things, I always make sure my diary the next week is full of the fun things of being with customers and being with, you know, my my colleagues. And you always come away with ideas and solutions and problems to solve, which is, you know, what I love doing. Lovely. Well let's move on to talk about the bank and your work at the bank. So you became chief executive at the beginning of November 2019 but as we just discussed having had a whole career at the bank before then and quite soon after that and just before Covid you announced a new purpose for the bank and set the bank on this purpose-led trajectory. Why did you do that? Well look I truly believe and it's a core part of my belief system that if you are you know going to lead an organization and create an organization that has value over the long term it has to be purpose-led no organization deserves to exist you know NatWest Royal Bank of Scotland 300 year old institution but we have no right to exist tomorrow unless we're creating value for all of our stakeholders which are you know our customers our communities our colleagues and our shareholders and I think unless you know for me it was very important that we set that path that we were committed to creating long-term value for all stakeholders. And that really underpins the purpose. And I think that defines both the ethos as me as a leader, but the value that the bank can have. And, you know, we are intimately involved in people's lives and communities. And that comes with a degree of care that you have to exercise when you do that. If you make bad decisions, you can have long-term impact on people's lives and therefore you have to make good decisions and I think you have to think for the long term and so for me it was a core part of our strategy purpose is our strategy it's not a marketing line it defines who we are and what we do and what decisions we will make and therefore I hope it will mean that this organization is creating value for people over the long term which means we have a reason to exist. I remember being involved before we met. So this was in 2009 in helping organise a seminar at Schroeder's Bank with a number of city leaders. RBS weren't there, but a number of the others were. And I remember the chairman of one of the banks saying, look, I'll tell you what we've all done. We've all gone around asking two questions. Is it legal and is it profitable? And if it's both, that's what we've all gone and done. And he said, that's actually partly why we've ended up where we are now. Do you recognise that characterization of the of the mentality of the banking system at the time of the financial crisis? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, we were a very different bank as well. I think the further you get away from understanding your customers and the more you become singular in just profit making, then I think it leads to short-term decision-making. Right. And I think, you know, running big organisations, it, it's more complex than that. You have to, I, I describe it internally as you have to be an and organisation. We have to make profits and add value to our customers and add value to our communities and create value for our colleagues. And that short-termism and pursuit of profit at all means it will only ever end badly if you are really committed to creating value for the long term. Yeah. So there you are, you're chief executive, and you set the bank on this course of becoming purpose-led as an organisation. So so what did you do? What did you do differently? Uh, well, lo- lots of things. We made it strategic. We were very clear at defining what we wanted to do. Our purpose is very clear. We We are there to create... Uh, value and potential for people, families and businesses for the long term for all of our stakeholders. So we defined it. We were very clear and we worked with all of our colleagues to define it. So it wasn't something that, you know, a group of consultants in a boardroom came up with. It was, you know, really generated by our colleagues. And then we focused on, you know, so if you're if you're saying you're in a drive for the long term, you, it makes very different decision making. So we've embedded it in all of our decision making. We've made it part of our board strategy and, and all the things that we do. And it's in all the important things like remuneration and targets and all those good things. But we also focused on we wanted to say how, how are we going to create value much more broadly and bring it to life and articulate it? Yeah. We said there were three focus areas where Beyond banking, we have a role that we can play and a legitimate role to play. We focused on enterprise entrepreneurs with a particular focus on female entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of any thriving economy and probably need the most support. So supporting entrepreneurs and enterprise was one of our key focus areas. And as a leading bank supporting entrepreneurs, we have legitimacy to do that. Financial education and learning, both for our own colleagues, but more broadly, helping the next generation of people build financial confidence. I mean, a really shocking statistic is 80% of young people do not feel financially confident. And therefore, that lack of confidence will affect their ability to fulfill their dreams and aspirations. So focus on education and Climate, you know, the climate challenge is the biggest challenge generationally we will face globally. And frankly, where the money goes makes a difference. So playing a leading role in helping manage the climate transition and climate change and now the climate emergency was the other focus area. And we said those are those three focus areas. And then we embedded purpose into everything we do, into the DNA of the firm, into everything that our colleagues do. And we said, you know, like any any strategy, we set frameworks, we set processes, we use Blueprint for a Better Business to help define how we would be able to measure that. And then, you know, that underpins our whole strategy that we launched to the market in February 2020. And it's, I think, very striking to see, to my mind, having accompanied a bit on that journey and your colleagues, one of the things that really struck me was the determination both for the bank to do something serious with this so that it really meant something and changed how the organization saw itself and what it did, but also how it did it. So to what extent was setting those three 
strategic intents of becoming purpose-led as you characterize them. Did that sit alongside a desire to shift the culture within the organization? To what extent did you see becoming purpose-led as changing the way people behave? Um, the, the focus areas were a way of which we could articulate purpose, you know, as 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 beyond banking to really think about relationships. Yeah. I think one of the great things about my, my colleagues is 99.9% of people come to work, you know, every day to do a good job. And everybody, I think, in any role wants to feel that they're adding value and contribution more broadly than just you know, coming to work every day. And so I think it was both an element of the culture within the bank, which is a really strong part of the culture, but also I think part of future generations as well. You know, it's not just about work. It's about what impact you're having on the world around you and the things that matter to you. So there's a huge part of the culture of the organisation, but more broadly the contribution people want to make and giving them not so much permission, but the ability to see that contribution. The focus areas where we really felt that we could make a difference to people, and and a lot of that work was going on, you know, particularly on education. The bank has a huge track record in education. We've been, you know, we've had a program called Money Sense, which goes into school and teaches kids about pocket money, you know, and that's been running for decades. But it was really bringing that into that is as important. You know, our role in communities is as important. The education of our colleagues is as important as the support of our customers as creating value for shareholders. And it was really bringing legitimacy to a lot of good things, but also prioritizing them and saying this matters. Okay. Okay. So that's a very, that's a very striking way of thinking about it, which is legitimating things that are already happening with the organization and recognizing and saying, this is absolutely a core part of what we should be doing and want to do more of rather than sort of extras on the side. So there's another aspect to this, which I know, again, we've spoken about before, but I'd be interested in your reflections at this point, because you've been on this journey now as a bank for pretty much three years, where at the beginning, it has to have the shared understanding and commitment of the CEO and the leadership team for this kind of shift to happen. But then it doesn't live by that. It lives by what happens in the middle and the extent to which actually middle leaders in an organization feel collectively empowered, a shared sense of ownership, a capacity to deliver this and a desire to commit to it because they can see that it's real and that they're being enabled to make it real within the units that they're running. How are you doing on that? How do you think about that really crucial challenge which you face and all CEOs of large businesses face about how you empower people in the middle? Yeah, I mean, it's vital. I mean, strategy is only a strategy. It it doesn't work unless the culture and the organisation and the leaders really deliver on it. So, I mean, I think at a you know, very much, as I said, an individual level, I think people want to have more meaning and purpose in in their and their contribution. But it's really about creating the conditions in which people can thrive, that they can really feel that they can contribute to purpose and that purpose is something that means something to them and something that is visible in their everyday job. So when I talk about purpose being strategic, it sits right in, as I described, the scorecard of the organisation. So when people are being measured, they're being measured on purpose. So all of our employee surveys talk about how they feel as a a purpose organisation. Every board paper where we're making decisions and executive paper is talking about 
you know, is this a purposeful decision? Have we tested it? We run a lot of workshops around purpose dilemmas. And I often describe it as saying, you know, being purposeful is not about the easy decisions. It's about the tough decisions. It's about those trade-offs. You know, you're trading off short-term, long-term, medium-term, you know, the balance of is this good for the shareholder and good for the customers and good for the communities, not one versus the other. So it, it it's really, you know, building that in. A, a good way that we try to bring it to life as well is we updated our values and really aligned our values to our purpose. What are our values that drive the organisation? And we listened, you know, again, we listened to over 10,000 of our colleagues and, you know, we had a set of values in the organisation and said we want to really bring them up to date and define what our values are for the future and aligned with our purpose. What do you think they should be? And that was a conversation that happened with our middle layer, with our junior layer, with the thought leaders in our organisation. So it's getting the whole bank to think as one and contribute and be listened to, and then embedding it in all of the frameworks and the processes and the measures, and creating the environment where people can say, I don't agree with this, or I do agree with this, or that's a purposeful decision or it's not and and showcasing that so people can learn and educate it's not something you know we're only as you said three years three four years into our journey that's very early and it will take many years to fully embed but is making a lot of progress and it's those measures that really bring it to life yeah yeah i mean one of the things that struck me again from just accompanying you and the, the bank over that time is in a perverse way it struck me that maybe covid helped because you launch the purpose, and then a month later, suddenly the bank and the whole of society is plunged into this massive series of challenges, which actually uh, revealed a lot about the deep culture and instincts of people and of organisations in terms of what they put first and what they valued. And what struck me, I'm sure struck you, is you know a lot of companies, including your own, actually put a very strong emphasis on looking after people, looking after customers and colleagues, and prioritising in a way that in the bank's case, seemed to really match with the declarations that you'd made around what the bank wanted to become. Do you, or do you think that's true? Did, did, I mean, yeah. is that a fair description? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, we often talked about purpose was really a guiding light during yeah. COVID. It helped define a path. We were all, I mean, frankly, we were all dealing with something that we'd never dealt with before. And, and I think having that purpose framework and decision-making was incredibly powerful I talked about empowering people, allowing them to thrive, giving people the mandate to do that and make those decisions made the decision making very easy. I mean, a great example is we turned our headquarters, our big head office in, in Scotland into a food bank. And that came from one of my colleagues who literally emailed me and said, look, our buildings are empty. We have all these partnerships in place already with you know, Trust or Trust or Social Bites. There's a great need. Why don't we do this? It's like, that's a great purposeful thing to do. Yes, why don't we? And we mobilised behind it and we became the largest food bank in Scotland. And then one of our partners, Baxter Story, came in and said, can we use you know, your kitchens? And then they came in and cooked food and delivered food which went to the NHS hospitals. And then we turned one of our buildings over to be a vaccination centre. And then with the Ukrainian crisis, another building turned over to be a welcome centre for Ukrainian refugees. Those things were really guided by purpose. They they were very clear around, you know, we're an organisation that cares about long-term value for customers and communities. 
those were valid questions and decisions to make and and therefore it was a very strong guiding light um you know and path for us as we navigated covid and now we're out well we're not out of covid it's an endemic rather than a pandemic so we're living with covid but the environment of course has changed in other ways now too i mean the bank is sitting there with interest rates that have risen and therefore profitability of the bank just by nature of that that change has also changed as it does for the other banks as well is there a risk that all this purpose stuff gets associated with the hard times of COVID and as you move into a different economic environment, well, it's not an easy one, of course, with the cost of living crisis. I mean, it's as hard, if not harder than, than ever, that this gets left behind? Or do you think that what you're doing with your team and, as you've described, this becoming really embedded in the reflexes of the organisation will be sustained you know, purpose is not the shiny new thing anymore. And in fact, a lot of people say you shouldn't use the word purpose because it's been so discredited with a number of people using it just for marketing purposes. But you haven't done that. For you, it's a very serious commitment. But how are you going to sustain progress when it's no longer the shiny new thing? Well, firstly, I think it's important to remember it's a multi-year project and journey. Purpose is our strategy. It's not It's not a marketing message. You know, I think, Charles, one of the things you said to me when we started on this journey, you should should almost think it'll take a year for every layer. And I, I think that's true to really get it into the DNA of an organisation. But at the heart of it, it's it's about creating long-term value. And therefore, these short-term pressures are, I think, a great test of purpose because if you revert immediately to the short-term issues, now you've got to be agile because the world is you know very complex and there are short-term challenges that will come in but I think purpose helps guide you much more clearly because you're able to react to the short term without compromising the long term and that's often what you see organizations make mistakes on so for me it's because it is strategic and not short term I think it's really important we keep the focus on that and also make sure that we're measuring value over the long term and measuring the impact of the activities that you have you know we can demonstrate that having that balanced outcome for customers, colleagues, shareholders and communities, we we can measure what we're doing and and we can sort of deal with uncertainty. So I think it's, I think the big difference is, is if it was a marketing message, you could change your marketing message every year. If it's a long-term strategy, then you're measuring your long-term strategy and your outcome. And definitely for us, it's strategic. It's interesting that you should use the word balance there. I, I remember in one of Blueprint's early conferences, the Scottish academic John Kay spoke and he said, the scales fell from my eyes as an academic economist when I realised it wasn't the job of a director of a company to maximise anything. It's their job to balance. And I just found that a very striking thought that if one moves away from the idea that it's just about maximising a number to delivering as you say, long-term value creation over time by making balanced decisions. Um, I don't want to lead the witness here, but to what extent do you see yourself as making balanced decisions as opposed to maximising a number? Is that a helpful thing to think about? Yeah, look, I, I, th- I think it is. I mean, I, I think the reality of any decision that we make, there, there are very few decisions, I think, that are in the yes or no category. I think most 80% of the decisions you make, it's always a balance of of different priorities and and particularly with the complexity of the impact of customers' lives that we're working in and and where they are in their life cycle, the decision you make for someone who is, you know, a student versus someone who is a retiree are very different, but it's, it's a whole life cycle. But it is about balanced decisions and it's 
you know, for me, it's this sort of purpose is not about easy decisions and being an and organization are probably the two phrases I use the most in our organization, because if I maximize profits at the expense of something else, that, that will have an impact. Maybe not during my lifetime as a CEO, but in the lifetime of the organization and my customers' lives, it will have an impact. So I think it is it is balancing those decisions. And if you're balancing them with a long-term horizon, then I think ultimately you will make the right decision for the broader stakeholders that you're trying to support. And I also am very firm on the fact that purpose isn't at the expense of profits. You know, we have to be a profitable organisation in order to be able to support customers, colleagues, communities and stakeholders. And, you know, my stakeholders and shareholders are looking for long term value. So they wouldn't reward me for driving short term profits and destroying the company in two or three years. So I think it's all about balance and trade offs and smart decision making. And it's not one at the expense of the other. Yeah. And how have you thought about this and and experienced your board in relation to this because having a board is helping you promote the business as a force for good with a public company and one as systemically important as yours is pretty crucial I imagine I mean have you found this shift from the old world as it were if I go back to the financial crisis kind of mentality we're here to maximize profit and serve shareholders and that's the job to actually no, we're here for a broader purpose in society, which includes delivering competitive returns to shareholders, but has this broader vision of what we're here to actually do in society. How has that worked for you? Have you found what's been your experience from a governance perspective of enabling your board to support this in the best way they can? Yeah, look, I think for the board, you know, ESG is an important part of what we do. Making profits is an important part of what we do. Building customer value. And the board's role is fundamentally, its fiduciary duty is is to create value over the long term. And so giving the board you're incredibly supportive of purpose because they could see how it is, is very much an and and all linked together. And I think ESG and purpose are intrinsically linked together, so they create long-term value. So for the board, I think I can demonstrate the outcomes. Again, not a marketing message, a strategy, a strategy supported by a framework, supported by clear decision-making framework and clear measures that we track. And therefore, I can demonstrate to the board I'm creating value over the long term. And I think that framework and that support has been very helpful. I mean, it's definitely... You know, an education process for everyone. It's been a bit of an education process for shareholders, some shareholder groups, for some community groups, you know, individual groups want what's relevant for them and, and making that balance is important. But I think that framework and the strategy about creating long-term value as, as a board director and the directors and the chairman of the company, generating a company that's going to be creating value for the long term i think is what the board should be doing and so that framework was was very easy for them and we did practical things like it's embedded in all the remuneration policies and all the measures that myself and the other you know executive are are tracked on you know so we're held to account as well as delivering value and and they can track it so it's been you know, they've had to go on the journey as well with us as as we've been doing it, but they've been incredibly supportive. So you mentioned there in, in that answer, the board's consideration of ESG measures on and ways of assessing 
from a governance point of view and a risk point of view, what investors would like to see. And there's such confusion out there, isn't there, around all these phrases that are knocking around purpose and ESG. Now, how do you answer the question? Well, is are they the same thing? Are purpose and ESG two different ways of talking about the same thing? Is being purpose-led different from just caring about ESG stuff? From a, just a common sense point of view, how do you how do you think about those things in your mind? Yeah, I think ESG and purpose are intrinsically linked, but they are different. Yeah. So I think yeah. I, I think every you know every large organisation everyone has has ESG policies which are an important part of being well governed and, and contribution, but I I think they're in, intrinsically linked with purpose, but they're not. You know, having an ESG policy isn't the same as being a purpose led organisation. So, I, but I think there's a strong overlap and i think if i think about environmental policies we have very clear environmental policies around what we can lend to what we can't lend to the different policies that we have but that our climate strategy and our climate focus area which is a core part of our purpose is much much broader than our environmental policy so linked but but much more much more broad and if I think about our ESG measures, it goes much further. So we have great governance frameworks, which are really important to be a well-governed organisation. But we have broader measures that link to our purpose, which will create value long after I've left and my colleagues have handed over to others. So I think they're linked, but I, I don't think you could say ESG equals purpose or purpose equals ESG. I think it's a much broader impact. Thank you. So, Alison, if we just think, I mean, you've been leading the bank for you know, just over three years on this purpose-led journey. I'd be curious to know something about your own learning from that experience. Is there anything you might have, when you look back now, said, I actually could have done that differently? What have you learned, do you think, from your experience of this point running a bank in this direction? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I, I think many things. I think one of, one of the things <laughs> I've learned is no matter... Uh, no matter what plan you make, the plan will be different. Uh, that's probably the biggest, the biggest. Yeah, learning. yeah, okay. Um, huge uncertainty. Huge uncertainty, yes. and, and I think that's, I, I, and I think that that is a key part of it. That there is massive uncertainty. The world is changing at an incredibly, if an amazing pace. I mean, I, I think I, I said when I took over, you know, the world is disrupting, and I meant technology. I didn't mean a global pandemic or a war in Europe or the financial dislocation that's that's happening or, or distribution of wealth. So there are lots of lots of different things, and I think for me, purpose is a very good way of defining long term and, and decision making and value. And the simplest thing I've learned is the closer you stay to your customers the deeper you understand their lives and that you recognize that you are in a long-term relationship with them then that will guide your decision making and I, I think the further away uh, if I reflect at banking the further away you move away from your customers and the service you provide them the further you move away from your colleagues and the life value that you're creating for them in terms of education or learning. And the more you became focused on singular things, the more short-term your decision-making becomes because, you know, there are so many moving parts. So I think having a clear purpose, thinking about the long-term and being agile enough to respond to what's happening in the world, but just remembering why you're there. We're there as a bank at a very simple level to serve customers right the way through their lives 
to unlock their potential of businesses and to deploy capital in a responsible way that will generate value for all. And I think if you go down to that very simple principle and talk to customers and talk to colleagues and understand what's going on, then that will give you most of the answers, I think. Great. Thank you very much. Well, Alison, I've been finishing these conversations by asking everybody the same two questions. I've got two more, if that's all right for you. So the first is, what advice would you have for an emerging leader who wants to run a purpose-led business? Well, firstly, I would say um, you should absolutely do it. It's the right thing to do um, and a very fulfilling way to lead your organisation. But I, I think it will become increasingly important for businesses to have a sustainable purpose. I think expectations of companies, you know, the changing demands of stakeholders, the requirements of colleagues or new joiners is is increasingly going to demand more of a positive contribution and much, much broader than just, you know, the singular make profits for a business. I think purpose-led organisations are about creating long-term value and sustainable contributions. I think it leads to more engaged employees. They feel that they can contribute more broadly. I think customers, more loyal customers, they want to feel that they're valued over the long term. And I think your role that you play, I mean, as a leader, you, you now today are expected to have a view on lots of different things you know what is your role on climate what 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 are you doing on diversity and inclusion what is the purpose of your organization more broadly i think it will give you a competitive advantage um because it's creating long long-term value um and i think fundamentally your role as a leader of an organization but your role generally as a leader wherever you are in an organization is to encourage and inspire people to grasp the opportunity to create value to invest in people and therefore I think it's something that becomes even more of an imperative and so I think if it's something leaders are contemplating I would say you know your role as a leader is to create long-term value is 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 to inspire and your demands of your stakeholders will will demand that will increasingly demand that and I think in a world which I, I think is only going to continue to be more disruptive and more uncertain, having a purpose strategy and a purpose-led organisation that can create long-term value will help you navigate those short-term sort of pressures and help you in your decision-making to create long-term value. Okay, very good. And finally, just zooming right back to the broader economic system, and obviously, you know, you are, and the bank are at the sort of the core of the financial sector in the UK, and so maybe in many ways, it's an impossible question to answer. But if you had a magic wand and could change one thing in the economic system to help accelerate the just transition the world so desperately needs, what would that be? Gosh, um, well, look, I, I think to enable a, a just transition from a, a climate perspective and allow us to move all elements of society fairly and in a just way to a low carbon economy, which is what needs to happen globally um, to address the climate emergency I I think the easiest way to do that is is to introduce carbon pricing we need to you know if I had my magic wand and could say you know we're all dealing with different data and different uncertainty but this climate emergency is not going to go away we need to ensure that the poorest members of society developing nations all move in a fair and equitable way the only way we can do that is ensuring capital flows to the right places 
but we also need to make sure that you know there is a cost of doing that so let's let's put in place carbon pricing we need to close the gap between the green premium but you know we're, we're doing all we can to help the households retrofit in the uk to make sure that the poorest members of society are not left behind but yeah that's a long-winded answer to you know what's my what's my one thing i think a global carbon price and consistent data to enable us to make a just transition and just transition is so important and i think if you think about what i said about being purpose-led it's not about the easy decisions it's about the hard decisions and it's about and we have to move to a net zero economy we have to address the carbon issues that we're facing but it's an and decision we can't just go oil is bad green is good we have to help move the whole of the world to this new new environment okay well, Dame Alison Rose, thank you so much. And thank you for your leadership too of a purpose-led business putting into practice what you've been talking about. Very grateful to you for your time and wish you all the best for this year. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blueprint for Better Business podcast. To find out more about the charity, visit blueprintforbusiness.org or use the link in the show notes. And I can be found at charleswookieassociates.com. You can subscribe to new episodes wherever you get your podcasts and do leave us a review. It helps others to find the podcast. Thank you.